Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the Peaceful Productivity Podcast. Today, I welcome a friend and special guest to the podcast, Ashley Milbury. Ashley is the Youth Programs Manager with an organization called Minerva BC. I invited Ashley to come to the podcast to talk about the next generation of young leaders that she's working with and what that means in the context of a growing movement around peaceful productivity. Less than a year ago, I was really fortunate to be introduced to Minerva at an event centered around resilience. And I was so impressed with what they were doing that I immediately reached out to see how I could support. And since working with them, I've come to realize that they're really doing some amazing things in terms of empowering young women. So I want to invite you to stay tuned to hear more about the changing face of leadership. Welcome everyone. I'm Kim Christensen and this is the Peaceful Productivity Podcast where I share strategies to help you get the most out of your time and feel better in the process. Hi Ashley, so great to have you here today and welcome to the podcast. I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role at Minerva. Sure. So my name is Ashley Milbury, and I am the Youth Programs Manager with an organization called Minerva BC. We're a women's leadership organization based out of Vancouver, but we serve women and girls all across the province. And we're really trying to change the face of leadership. That is our mission. We recognize that for too long, there has been a pretty narrow idea of what it means to be a leader, of who gets to be a leader, what leadership looks like. And that that traditional image has really excluded women for a really long time. So we're working to change that. That's amazing. Changing the face of leadership. It's no small task, I can imagine. And so I'm curious, where would someone even get started around changing the face of leadership? We start that work by offering leadership programming for young women across BC. And that's what I get to do. So I manage the youth programs. I always say that I have the most fun job at Minerva, which I'm really grateful for and get to work with so many inspiring young people every day. Yeah, it must be fun to work with these energetic young women and have a hand in shaping what leadership's going to look like in the future. I think one of the first programs I remember getting involved with was called the Learning to Lead program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, the Learning to Lead program, that's our program for self-identified girls in grades 10 to 12. We're always recruiting for mentors to come in and share some time with the participant and offer some guidance around leadership or share a little bit of your story of what being a leader has looked like for you. So you were generous enough to come in for every week of the Learning to Lead program as a mentor and connect with the young women in that. So thank you so much. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. The opportunity to connect with young people and understand what their experience is like right now in light of the pandemic and changing work-life balance expectations and technological dependence. It was just really interesting and fun to connect with these young women and understand what their experience was like. I was thinking earlier, I was like, I learned so much and really gain a new perspective every time we speak. So really grateful for the opportunity again today. 
Thank you so much for saying that. I think in my mind, that's the trademark of a good coach is helping people see alternate perspectives and open up their options for them. So I appreciate that. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what are some of the tools and methods by which you help these young women to develop their leadership skills? I love talking about this. So thank you for the question. It's such a powerful time in these young women's lives. They are really just starting to figure out who they are and what's important to them. And the whole world is telling them who they're supposed to be. And so they're receiving all these messages from family and friends and social media adds so many layers of complications to our lives as well. They're getting all of that information externally while they're also really just starting to connect internally with who they are. I love connecting with young women at this age because they're just so open to thinking these big questions through, especially through the Learning to Lead program. So that's our program for girls in high school. It's really where we start our work of leadership development. And it's a chance for participants from all across BC to come together, connect with other young leaders who are going through a lot of the same things, and to learn a little bit about who they are uniquely as leaders. I think something that is so powerful about this experience is that aspect of communities, connecting with people who have a lot of the same things on their minds, who are interested in developing themselves, who are interested in growing as leaders. I'm always so inspired and impressed with them because in just such a short amount of time, they forge these really deep and meaningful connections with each other that often lasts a really long time. So kind of having that built-in network of people who can support them along the way. I think of one young woman who at the end of the Learning to Leave weekend said, I'm an only child, but I'm leaving this program with 49 sisters. What a gift to come away with that kind of community. So I think that's a really important aspect of that development. I also think that confidence is such an issue because you could be feeling really awkward in your body, awkward about what you have to say. And so many of the young people who come to this program are people who are really driven and have a lot of big ideas about what they want and the kinds of changes they want to see in the world, but might not have the confidence just yet to come forward or to raise their hand for opportunities. That's really who we're trying to get into the program. Like there are so many people who are already doing leadership and already taking those opportunities. We want to connect with those young people who may not even identify as leaders Mm -hmm. just yet. Oh, yeah, I can appreciate that confidence is a big deal at that age and over the course of one's life as well. It's such a global term. I'm curious, how do you define confidence? We define confidence as being part of a cycle of action. So being willing to put yourself out there, take a healthy risk, being open to actually failing. That's a recurring theme in the program that's so important and truly something that I still struggle with and something that I wish I had thought more about or been taught more about when I was that age. Yeah, I can relate to that. Failure is actually really important and the best way to learn. So just trying to talk to these participants about being willing to make mistakes and to see what they can learn from that so that they can try again and just keep engaging in that cycle of action. Yes, that's so important. So I'm starting to hear some themes emerging, some themes around self-awareness, building community, 
and building confidence. Is there anything else? Yeah, we help these young women develop their growth mindset instead of having a fixed idea of what they're capable of doing and not being paralyzed by perfectionism, which is something that I think so many of us struggle with, being willing to make mistakes and learn and to grow from that. I think that's such an important tool for young women to have very early in their lives to really help them on that trajectory of growth and development. I love that you brought up the growth mindset because it really encapsulates everything that you were talking about. A willingness to try things rather than being stuck in the comfort zone. I also think it's much easier said than done sometimes. What I really love about the Minerva program is that you help build a foundation of safety and support. And it becomes this platform by which these girls can start to learn about themselves and put themselves out there in a really safe space. And that's ultimately going to develop the growth mindset that you're talking about. Is that really the objective of this program is to help create that foundation? I love that focus on experiencing the feeling of what it's like, because I think it's so important when we have conversations about failure, we need to be honest about how awful it feels. (laughs) Like it's all well and good to say failure is important. It's the best way to learn. But we also need to be honest about why we avoid it and why we can be resistant to taking chances when it feels awful. (laughs) In our work to demystify that process, we as the leaders of the program try really hard to be real and to be authentic with our own stories of failure and what we need when that happens so that we're not pretending that it's all going to be easy. I think sharing with these young leaders around things are going to be hard and an important role of a leader is to do hard things, even though they're hard. That bravery isn't the absence of fear. It's acting despite it and just being really authentic in our own experiences so that they have those models. I think that's an important part of that too. Like nobody wants to connect with a mentor who has had a straight line (laughs) of a journey with no challenges or interruptions. Like people want to hear true stories about challenges that they've experienced and to learn from that. That's where the resilience piece comes in. Yes, resilience. Trusting that you can experience hard things and that you have your own back throughout that. Yeah, trusting that you'll be able to move through those feelings no matter how hard they are. That's so important. I'm sitting here thinking it's almost like teaching people how to have their own back is what it's about. Creating a network where you feel comfortable reaching out for support and maybe equally or more importantly, being able to offer yourself that sense of support. Being able to embrace those challenging feelings that come along with all of that, especially when things don't necessarily go the way we expected them to or the way we wanted them to. Not just pushing through those feelings or pushing them aside, as I might have done back in the day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, like you and I, I know we've had conversations about this and and truly that's still one of the biggest learnings in my life. I really think it's such an important part of my story is not just pushing through things just to get through it and actually being willing to be present in a moment and recognizing that, you know, part of being human is being open to the full range of the human experience. That trust is so important too, like trusting that I'm strong enough to hold all of it, no matter what that looks like. 
modeling that and embodying that because I believe my purpose is to cultivate meaningful connections and to create spaces for people to cultivate meaningful connections. I can only do that if I'm willing to cultivate a meaningful connection with myself. Oh, that's so powerful. And I can't do that if I am stuffing down so much of my own experience and just pushing through things. Part of what that meaningful connection has to look like is to actually be with things as they are. I want to continue to grow. I want to create beautiful and engaging spaces for people to learn more about themselves and to learn with each other. And I really see my own personal work of doing that within myself as being the core of being able to do that successfully. So true. Resonates so much. I'm coming to similar realizations myself at this tender young middle age that I'm at. (laughs) What I'm really most encouraged about is that young people like yourself are discovering this earlier on and modeling it and communicating it to very young people who are just starting out on this journey. I think our culture is changing in a way that's actually supporting that more. I don't Mm -hmm. know if our culture is changing or if we just have more role models like yourself that are modeling this for other people, but there does seem to me to be more of an openness amongst young people to owning and taking responsibility for their own emotional journey. Is that just my very narrow perspective? I've only been involved a couple of times or has that been your experience as well? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm so excited that that's been your experience too. And we have so much to learn from these young leaders. I love getting to connect with them. They have so much wisdom. I hear from the mentors every time like, oh, I learned just as much from them or more than they did from me. And I want that to like not be a surprise <laughs> anymore for people. I want people to know young people have so much to offer. Young people have so much wisdom. I've really seen shifting even in the last couple of years with the Learning to Lead program. Those conversations have really deepened and changed in a way that I think is really exciting. They're much more open around conversations around mental health much more open around conversations about the the anxiety that they experience. Whereas even like for me growing up, that wasn't talked about. And it certainly wasn't talked about in a way that was okay. I remember when I was growing up, we were very much rewarded for performance and accomplishment. And that was very celebrated. And any type of struggle or anxiety or pain or any type of emotion was really viewed as as weakness. It was a vulnerability Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. exploited. And over the course of my career, I saw that change in a lot of ways. And what I'm hearing from you now is that that has changed almost 180 degrees, which is amazing. I really think that that path to leadership that you're describing to is really the path to authenticity. It's almost like a personal leadership journey rather than a formal leadership journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes me think of a few things. So I, something I really appreciate about the leadership conversations that we have with youth is that we think about leadership as something that everyone has access to. It's not a title. It's not just something that is done in a formal hierarchical way. We talk about leadership as a decision. Oh, I love that. A decision. 
a decision to show up for yourself in a way that is positive and a decision to show up for your people and your communities in a way that's going to uplift them. Even those small moments. We show a video always during the first session of Learning to Lead, Drew Dudley's Everyday Leadership video. It talks about lollipop moments where you can brighten someone's day or acknowledge someone's work. And it's almost like magic. Like when you do that for someone, that's going to change how they feel about themselves. Like that creates a feeling in them that's going to change the trajectory of their day. I think young people are inundated with messages about you can get out there and change the world. And that's great. Yes, of course you can. But the way that we do that is really through those small acts. And so really starting to recognize our own power is so important. And I think for young women, especially because we're not always talked about in those ways, but there are a lot of factors working against us, recognizing our own ability and our own power. So I think Anything that we can do to offer young women tools where they can start recognizing how powerful they actually are, that's actually how we change the world. But changing the world is made up of small steps. <laughs> mm, brilliant. I'm sitting here thinking that the underlying theme to all of that is around bringing your whole self to whatever you're doing. What made me think about it was lollipop moments. And my recollection of that story is this gentleman was giving away lollipops and he was just being him his own quirky, fun self. And he brought together these two people in a way that he could not have even imagined and had such a powerful impact on these two young people. But it was just him having fun, really, like just yeah. being himself. And personal leadership is all about owning all the parts of you, the quote unquote negative and the quote unquote positive and like actually getting rid of negative and positive and just bringing your full humanness to whatever it is that you're doing, owning all of that and bringing that to those everyday moments and decisions that you're talking about is really the key to stepping into personal leadership versus mm -hmm. a title or a box, like you said. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I really agree. And I think there are a lot of problems we need to solve. There are a lot of really big challenges that we're up against. And what the world needs in order to solve those is people who know themselves, <laughs> people who can really get in touch with what it is that they have to offer. What are those pieces of yourself that make you most come alive because I think that is what the world needs and that's where we're going to be our most impactful we are going to have the greatest impact on the people around us and on our work and in our families when we are doing those things that make us come alive so that's really one of the biggest tools that we give the young people who come to our programs are these different frameworks and tools for just understanding who you are already as a leader. So it's not about shaping you into something that you're not. It's more of an uncovering process. It's more around really getting in touch with who you already are, what makes you come alive, what are your strengths, what are your values, and nurturing that. One of the metaphors that we use in our workshop around strengths, finding those activities, not only that you're good at, but the things that actually make you feel strong. If you're an acorn, don't spend your whole life hoping to grow into a rose bush. Like the acorn's going to turn into the mighty oak. 
And the invitation is to start to get in touch with that, to understand who that is and to be that really well, instead of trying to be someone that you're not. I think that's one of the most important gifts that we can give young women is not trying to tell them that they have to be somebody else. Encourage them to know that they already are enough. Yes. Just who they are right now. All, like all of it, <laughs> all the so-called good pieces, all the so-called bad pieces, like just accepting who they are right now and thinking about what makes them come alive, what energizes them, really challenge them to think about how they can create environments for themselves where they're in those situations more often. Yeah, I think that's the take home message becoming more of who you are. That's so Mm -hmm. powerful. I remember when I was moving through my career, there was a picture of what a quote unquote, good leader looked like. And so many of us were aspiring to fit into that box. And I think one of the most powerful things about strengths finder and strengths that really changed things for me was in the preface to the book, they talk about how they interviewed thousands of the most successful leaders and CEOs across all these different industries. And what they found was that each one of them had a different strengths profile. Mm -hmm. And what that told me is that you can be successful just playing in your own strengths, whatever that looks like. And that's basically what you're saying is just becoming and stepping more into who you are versus some imagined notion of who you should be. I thought that was brilliant. So important. Okay. I have one last question for you. So this mindset appears to be a bit of a change. Now that I'm an entrepreneur and working full-time in my business, I'm no longer in corporate, but I saw a shift just before I left. And what I noticed, maybe you can speak to this, is that there was this new mindset of the people coming in. They were more owning all of their emotional space and who they were and operating more from an authentic place, which was amazing. And then there was some of us older folks who had a different way of achieving success throughout our careers. They looked very different, especially at face value. And what it could have set up was a bit of a conflict between the way things used to be and the way things are now. Mm. And I'm wondering what can corporations, organizations, And leaders who were raised more like I was in terms of a different mindset, what can we do to help support this new mindset that's coming in? And how can we bridge the gap, so to speak, in a way that moves us all forward? What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Uh, I really love that question. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those conversations and that shift has been happening for a while, but certainly has been really accelerated by the pandemic and just how different work looks now. What I hear from young people, they're really interested in working for organizations and for leaders who are going to trust them. I think sometimes there are some really harmful stereotypes around young people now about they're not willing to put the time in. That's just really not my experience. I see how incredibly hardworking and driven and passionate they are. So I think organizations and leaders who 
are going to like trust their people are going to be rewarded with that talent and with that hard work. It's obviously a challenging time in so many ways. I think it's also very rich and exciting time of opportunity for us to rethink what work looks like. And it's, I think we really need to look to those leaders who are open to change, are willing to trust that their people are going to do their work and do their work well and trust them to do it where and when works best for them. And really, we need to forgo that idea that if people are at their desk from nine to five, Monday and Friday, that that's most effective. <laughs> totally. It's, it's just not the case. That spans all the generations, all the age groups. It's, it's really boils mm-hmm. down to, to trusting your people and being willing to look at things a different way. I think those of us who have been around for a while, we've created our own way. And so sometimes we can get really fixed on the idea that just because this way works, it's the only way. So I loved what you said about trusting and also having the courage to ask those questions around, okay, maybe there is a different way. Maybe a fresh perspective is really what we need here. Ashley, I want to take a moment to thank you for coming on the podcast today. It has been so great, eye-opening and really encouraging around the work that you're doing with young people. I love talking to you. I'm so really grateful for all of the amazing work that you're doing, changing the face of leadership and helping to empower young women. Thank you for all yours, Kim. I really appreciate everything that you're putting out there, such valuable information. I love your work around boundaries. I'm particularly drawn to that topic and think it's so incredibly valuable, especially for young women. So grateful for every time we get to connect. As always, it's been such a pleasure. If anyone is interested in learning more about Minerva BC, I'll leave some information in the show notes. Take care, everyone. Would you like to implement these strategies into your own life to save more time without the stress? If so, join us in the Peaceful Productivity Membership, where you'll find all of the materials and support you need to make the conceptual practical. You can find all the sign-up information on my website at financialwellnesscoach.ca. Join us today and make your strategy your reality.